This is Teresa from Santosha Yoga. I'm Cindy Chase. And I'm Penny Carroll. Welcome, Welcome to, to Mindful, Mindful Moments. Moments. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mindful Moments with Teresa May and Cindy Chase. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Cindy. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good. Um, today oh, we, we have a... We have to give a big shout out to Penny, though. Hey, Penny. We hey, love Penny. you and we miss you. She's still yeah. building uh, temporary hospitals, helping build. Yep. Yeah, yep. I, so. yeah, I heard that they're going to put one out in Grand Rapids as well. Uh -huh. Okay. At the DeVos Arena, I think that's what they said. Yeah. Very the cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so today we have a very special guest on our podcast. Not that I'm, you know, not a little bit, you know, prejudiced again about it, but um, we have my son Christopher, who is a yoga teacher in Chicago, and um, we're going to get his thoughts about what's going on in COVID, how it's affecting him and his community, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the four agreements and how we're working with those during this pandemic that we have going on. So welcome, Christopher. Oh, hello. <laughs> Hi, Christopher. I'm here in Chicago, living the dream, staying at home. One day <laughs> so how's it going over there, sweetie? Um, you know, it's fine. It's um, definitely a huge shift from like being super active. And I think I was teaching you know, 12 classes a week and bartending three or four nights a week and just being a very active, busy person and then not being busy and not having anywhere to go is quite a uh, difference in pace. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, what? So, go ahead. Uh, we, uh, all the yoga studios are closed. The fitness club that I work at, they tried to stay open as long as they could to not my support, but then they ended up closing down, being responsible, and then the whole lockdown or not lockdown and say shelter in place went into movement um so yeah yoga yoga life's affected social life's affected my other jobs are all affected it's kind of just uh nothing going on <laughs> now are you do you have a roommate or are you living alone uh i do i have uh two loved ones that i live with two wonderful men okay so you're you're not alone 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 there's three humans and two cats. So okay. I have uh, right. cat Instagram stories. If anybody wants to check those out, follow me on Instagram. Because um, <laughs> you have no one, I mean, we have each other to talk to, but you find yourself talking to the cats a lot or spray painting weird mirrors and just the smallest things kind of keep you entertained for quite a while. <laughs> yep, I agree, like cutting one's own hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. We, we were talking about that before we started to record that, um, yeah, Christopher and I have been cutting our own hair and uh, <laughs> I'm afraid what I'm going to look like in another week, so. No, so. I've not ventured into that thing. I've just, I'm doing like all these house things that I thought, oh, I should just clean out and paint that closet. Sure, why not? <laughs> I have nothing else to do on a weekend, you know. I'm like, goodness gracious, but yeah. yeah. I feel like I had a lot of that steam when it first started. I was you know, keeping like the pace of life. I'm like, yes, let's clean everything. I'm here. And then in the past week, I've needed a special to peel myself off the couch. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it wanes and waxes. Right now we're in a wane. <laughs> right. I mean, Monday was my day. Monday? Today's, today's Friday? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Monday was my day where I wasn't going to get dressed and I didn't give a shit and I was going to eat till I puked. So that was Monday. Um, thank goodness I bounced out of it. <laughs> but I am having a cra strange, constant craving for carbs. Yeah. I just want to eat pasta and bread, breakfast, mm -hmm. lunch, and dinner. Mm -hmm. And I'm like fighting it. Carbs. Yeah. yeah. I think I it's because we're not, yeah. Cake, but I'm pizza is maybe happening soon. I can't remember. <laughs> but. Yeah. And I think the three of us are all busy people. I mean, Teresa runs yeah. the studio, teaches, you know, what, eight classes, 10 classes a week and does a whole bunch of other community stuff. I work full time and teach as well. And, you know, I'm taking a dance class and you work, you know, you teach and you bartend and, you know, so we're all used to this constant activity. And like you said earlier, Chris, when you don't have it at first, you're like, oh, this is great. And now you're like, oh, okay, I, I this is not, mm -hmm. you know, crave that. Um, I mean, I'm working from home, so I still do have, you know, that intellectual, and I have air quotes going around intellectual stimulation. Um, but it's still, I'm finding it to struggle. In the days that I work from home, I am so distracted. The last, and I know the couple of days that I was home this last week were nice outside, which, for me, when I'm home and it's nice outside, I want to go for a walk. I want to go outside and sit. I want to garden. I want to do all these things. So I would never be a good candidate for full-time working from home. I, I, I don't have the discipline for it. I've realized that these last couple of weeks. It's just not my deal. I can't do it. I, I yeah. realized that I can never retire. I mean, never. <laughs> no, True. I, I need to be, I need, you know, like Newton's law, body in motion stays in motion. Right. A body at rest stays at rest. So. Mm -hmm. that's probably why we're craving carbs so much too you know it's just you know we're lethargic because we're used to you know you know teaching and teaching and teaching and practicing and you know and we all practice as well so you don't even have that I mean I've been trying to be really good I've been taking Chris's zoom classes um which is good and then you know that type of thing but it's just not the same it's not the same as getting in a studio and mm -hmm. yeah, yeah I realize, like, like zoom's a whole kit and caboodle like I could talk <laughs> Oof. It's not a bad thing. And I, when I talked to Teresa on the phone the other day to just like offer feedback, it was like, you know, it's not much different than a recorded class besides just like when you start a class, you get a little social interaction with people right. that you're used to seeing four or five times a week. So just like even that little bit of checking in and like, you know, showing off your cat who's running around you during Shavasana and all that kind of business. Like it's just those little human moments that make Zoom tolerable, I think. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is just me like here talking to myself <laughs> right and person and I think you're both teachers like that too who are when you're teaching you rely on the energy of the room and a couple mm -hmm. of bad jokes here and there or like <laughs> um and you know without getting any of that feedback you're like I'm just on like fucking Pluto right now and teaching and like who knows if anyone's listening who knows if they're breathing can we get a heart monitor zoom can we get right. fit synced up so I can see what you're doing that's an idea. Copyright. Okay. That's the thing. Write it down. Right. Yeah. What yeah. if, like, I, I recorded a class right before I, we started this. I, I, I record classes. We put it on YouTube. Knock on wood. We're going to start Zooming next week. Thank you, Krista, for your, for your help. But it's, it's, now, it's now, like, I feel like with the camera, it's like, it's, to me, it's almost a person. Because I'm having <laughs> these conversations with the camera. I'm, it's like, crazy lady but it's I have to have that I have to have that mindset in order to teach a class even though I'm recorded accorded I have to teach a class pretending there's people there and then yeah. I 
conversing with people. Yeah, so. I did that when I recorded the class because that was the first class that I recorded that you guys put up on YouTube. And I, I had to rehearse it a little bit because like you, I feed off the energy and you kind yeah. of read the people. And so, you know, I'm sitting in my little yoga room going, I don't have, I, there's not been another human being in my house in, in, in months, a couple months. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's been like six weeks since there's been another person in this house besides me. And I haven't touched another human being in three weeks. Yeah. And it's, and it's, so when I started to do the class, you know, I thought, oh, you know, I'm, I'm used to reading the room. So I, at first I'm like looking around, I'm like, oh, there's nobody here but me. So I'm looking at the camera and I'm thinking, I hope this doesn't come out really weird because like the camera's my students, you know? Yeah. And then, and I always take requests too, when I teach and, you know, getting uh -huh. a little bit of that from students, but it's, you know, if they just say hips, it's like, well, what am I supposed to do now? So I'm like, oh, I guess I have to prepare a bit more for every class, like have a game plan. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm used to just like flying each class and going in really not having to prepare because I have enough know-how and enough intuition. But now I have to do more work, which I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's helping you like, you know, get back to your roots, if nothing else. So, so tell mm -hmm. us, how did you get into the yoga scene, my son? Well, it started many moons ago. Um, uh, I was doing yoga a little bit at Santosha in Michigan, and then I was commuting to college, and that was stressful. Um, and I did a little bit of yoga through there, but I was super focused on college and whatnot. Um, and once I moved to Chicago to start my illustrious theatrical design career, um, I was like, whoa, working a lot for no money is really stressful. You need to pick that yoga back up. Uh, so once I did, I found a small studio just near my house, which is where I've been teaching now for five years, five, five-ish years. Um, so I was just practicing there. And after, again, working for very little money all the time, uh, knowing that I had great yoga teacher role models from Michigan, uh, threw around the idea of like, what would it be like to be a teacher? Is that something I could do? And, you know, as you start to investigate, you learn looking at different programs, you're like, oh, their program sounds like they're all hacks or like this one sounds like it's too intense. Uh, so then just found a program that fit me 200 hours, uh, got that bad boy done and then just hopped right into teaching, waned off of a lot of the theater stuff and mostly teaching full time. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. 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 So when you did your teaching, um, what was like our teaching was uh the mainstay of our teaching was ashtanga was our practice and mm -hmm. um the sutras mm -hmm. were that was that something what um, were your mainstays we focused how was that um our practice we like weren't i know you guys had to learn the ashtanga sequence and, and so you have like one thing to go back to you have a big alignment practice with that mm -hmm. uh, a lot of our stuff we started with philosophy, sutras, and I think spent a lot of time in like the eight limbs kind of world to, okay. to plug that in and then got into like more physical and like demo teaching and whatnot. Um, they encouraged, they were like, you know, come to take at least a class or two a week. And I was like, fuck that, I'm coming every day. So <laughs> my wrist really started to hurt. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember you're like, mom, 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 my wrist is killing me. <clears throat> uh, so we, so we didn't have one formal uh, sequence we had to learn or anything like that, but it was kind of a choose your own adventure. 
of uh, which classes felt right to you. I mean, if you want to teach yoga scald, by all means, go to every yoga scald. I never did. Um, but uh, yeah, it was like a pick your own vinyasa trail to see okay. what you wanted. Oh, okay. Because <clears throat> I know, um, you know, every school is different and every school, you know, has different <clears throat> mainstays of, mm -hmm. you know, what they want it to be. So, and I do remember when you were going through yours that um, it was similar to ours, but different enough to where you had more of the vinyasa e kind of, like you said, pick your own, pick your own thing that really suits you, mm -hmm. you know. And, um, and what I liked a lot about my program too was that uh, we had one teacher, David Dewerkop, who was like head of the program. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had like a kind of faculty of other folks along for the ride. Mm -hmm. So he was the main teacher. And then uh, another woman, Lucia Cordero Drever, focused a lot on philosophy and meditation. Uh, my friend Per Arez focused a lot on. Uh, uh, what was he doing at the time? He wasn't doing somatics yet. Um, this philosophy stuff and almost, uh, he does a lot of body work, so kind of slowing down the alignment stuff there. It's not just like your typical studio workout kind of shindig. My friend Lauren, he's more from a fitness background, showing us that kind of business. So having like, you know, four or five teachers and just being part of the community to really bounce off and learn, they would each take like a module or two to teach or they would like guess one day on a module. So just getting like an all around, a rounded feedback from them, rounded teaching was like a good practical way to think about being a yoga teacher. It's like how I felt about theater school. Like I learned how to sew a little bit and I learned how to, you know, teach a uh, handstand. But if you uh, don't know like where the business is going and how to like plan your procedure for teaching, it's it's then it's more of a book club than an, an actual training program. I think. <clears throat> yeah, and, and you want, you know, people to come out of a yoga teacher training correct, um, uh, um, not workshop, a yoga teacher training to have, you know, certain basic skills, you know, that, you know, fortunately, Teresa was my teacher and I, you know, we, we had a lot of that. <clears throat> and, you know, we talked about, I thought it was a couple of weeks ago, we did on one, a podcast about different teacher trainings and we talked about like the weekend intensive trainings that people do. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I talked, yeah. We had um, one of our students, actually two of our students, I think they were sister-in-laws. They went to a three week um, Costa Rica or Bali, mm -hmm. same difference in my head anyways. And the one student asked me my honest opinion about those style of teacher trainings. I said, well, you know, I think it's, <laughs> it's a little crammed and I said, it's not my favorite thing. I don't, I don't think they're worthy of the money. So yeah. she came back and I said, well, how was it? And she said, uh, she, she, she ended up quitting. She didn't finish. She said she ended up being a tourist the last couple of days. She said <laughs> it was horrible. She said everything, you know, they were like for eight hours or I think they were long days, but they had, they had breaks in the middle because the temp was 105. And mm. like one feedback class, you know, one class on how to sequence, you know, breathe through the yoga sutras. It was just, and I said, do you feel qualified to teach? She, she said, hell no. <laughs> we, we figured out how many hours she actually was in class and it was a hundred and, what did I say? 160? 160. <laughs> I think she said she was in class 160 hours. Yeah. And I, I mean, look at it too. Like you, are you going to read the heart of yoga? Are you going to read the Gita and like know that in three weeks? 
No, that's no, just really no. old. And there's a reason we're all still talking about it. Like, right. there's some complicated big things, and there's no way to just like you know read a little quick chapter and just be briefed right. on it. Like for all that, and just for the cumulative education of once <laughs> you build awareness as a teacher, and uh, then going to classes, and you're like, oh, I just saw how Teresa did that, and how she got them here with that. I noticed that's different than just what I would think. And really taking that time to let sequencing and to let you know your your inner teacher come out and like see all that I think is super important. Mm -hmm. well, Two, it's, it's, I mean, it kind of reinforces what we're all going through right now. You, we need that interaction with people. Penny always calls it the sacred circle. You know, we're, we're holding space for the sacred circle. So if you don't, if you don't, I mean, our course takes what, almost six months, if not more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, you know, so these people are together for six months and they, there, there's a relationship and there's companionship and there's energy shared. And, you know, with these quickie courses, it's like, there's none of that. And then the yeah, other yeah. thing too, that, you know, people are talking about, especially now is, you know, taking virtual online. And it's like, how do you do virtual? That's <laughs> crazy. That is crazy. So. Yeah. And also just from a practical perspective, my program was uh, a Friday evening, a Saturday day and a Sunday day, like twice a month. And it's like, yeah, we're all humans that have to, most of us are humans that have to work. It's like, I don't have any extra income. I can take off work to, you know, go sit and meditate with a group of folks. Like I need to keep making money. And I would love to go to Bali don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'd love to go to Costa Rica. I'd love to go on any vacation at this moment because I feel like I'm stuck. But, <laughs> you know, even back then, like I don't have the time or money to just escape for three weeks and hopefully acquire a, a whole new you know, certification profession. Like that's not how that works. You wouldn't want a hairstylist doing that in three weeks. <laughs> oh no. No, right. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. You know, or your accountant, you know, or you know, I mean, no, seriously, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, things take time to seep in and you have to develop, you know, qualities and and you know, teaching experience and, you know, at learning to read energies and um, you know, thinking about, you know, we're going to talk about the four agreements, but, you know, just like the eight limbs, you know, I mean, we, we talk about, I mean, yamas and niyamas pretty much are like, I mean, we start there all the time. We go back mm -hmm. to that on a regular basis in most, in most, in a lot of our classes. So, you know, you can't learn yamas and niyamas and, you know, in three weeks. I mean, I've read the book. I can't even tell you so many different versions, so many different times. And still I have to remind myself, that's right. You know, mm -hmm. basic stuff, you know, Shit takes time, people. It takes time. <laughs> <laughs> I love my instant pot, but that's not an allegory for life. <laughs> you have to put in the work. You have to put in the work for it to work. That's mm. all it yeah. is. You do. You do. So are, are we ready for the four agreements? Yeah, let's yeah, talk yeah, about I mean, them. I'm prepared. So when was, okay, I'm trying to think when I read it the first time. I'm probably going to say probably 18 years ago was when I read it the first time. Well, when it, shoot, when did it come out? 97. When? 97. 97? Oprah's book list in 2001. Oh, you did your homework. You did your homework. <laughs> You're good, Chris. Um, I remember that being, that was one of my very first um, inspirational books was The Four Agreements. Mm -hmm. And I, so it was about 18 years ago. And I liked it because it was short and sweet. Kind of like the sutras, short. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how about you, Cindy? 
Um, I, well, we read it in teacher training and then oh, you? <laughs> you gave this book to us in uh, teacher training when we graduated. Did I? Yeah, you did. And you wrote <laughs> on the inside, it said the purpose of life is to live it, to taste experience to the utmost, to reach out eagerly and without fear for newer and richer experience. Eleanor Roosevelt. Go for it. You wrote that, see? And that's my chicken scratching, all right? Damn, I was good back then. Yeah, and so that's when I read it. And I, too, was just, you know, I mean, there are four, four, four things. You don't, you know, I mean, and, and, and as a teacher and as just a human, you know, the first one is probably one of the hardest ones for me is be impeccable with your word. Because sometimes it's so easy to just kind of gloss over things or maybe you embellish a little bit or, you know, don't say probably what is the right thing to say. And um, I know that every time I pick this book up and I pick it up probably at least once a year um, to reread it, I usually take it to retreat. And um, I'm reminded of how important that is and not just for being, not your word to other people, but your word to yourself. How are you, how are you impeccable with your word to yourself? So Christopher, when did you first read it? Um, I think I got a copy during teacher training. So that was 2014. And it wasn't one of our required texts, but it was one I would just like pick up and just, you know, do a little skimming around mm -hmm. and touching upon. And it's one of those where it's like, oh, I don't want to get it back out again to know what it's going to say. <laughs> It's like one of those that like hurts. Sometimes you're like, fuck, I have to read it. Okay, I'll read it. And then, you know, it's one of those like, you know, just diving in, like doing just a little nuzzle here and there. And it's almost like flipped open the book, just put your finger somewhere on a page. And it's like something useful is going to come out of that. So. Mm -hmm. Again, just like the Yoga Sutras. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's always a good little nugget in there. And even if as many times as you've read it, there's always going to be something you're going did I read this in this book before? I don't remember ever. I don't remember that. When did they put that in here? Did they change this book to this time? But well, in my being impeccable to me, be impeccable with your words. Just one word shouts out to me, which is gossip. Yep. To me, it's yep. it's gossip about other people, gossip yep. about you know things you tell yourself, things you. Someone I didn't even know who said this. I just remember hearing this that if you can't say something about someone in front of them then it's gossip yep mm -hmm. and yep. back in the day i used to work prior well when i first got into yoga um, before i opened up the studio I, I worked in an office environment and anytime you get a group of women you know more than two in an office environment it, it was it was gossip it was chaos and this girl mm -hmm. was mad at this one and this one was this and this one was that and I remember after I got into yoga and after I got into the four agreements, I was the office manager and I brought everybody together and I said, okay, we're, we're done with the gossip. I can't do it anymore. You guys are driving me crazy. Did the gossip stop? No. It, of course they kept on doing it because they weren't where <laughs> I was at, but it, I, I stopped to the best of my ability. Yeah. Yeah. And, and gossip's hurtful, you know, I mean, it's hurtful to, you know, like you said, if you can't say something in front of somebody, somebody said that to me at one time um, with regard to uh, men and women's relationships. Like if you're talking to someone who you know 
is in a relationship with somebody else is what you're getting ready to say to them. Can you say that in front of their spouse? And I thought that was spot on. And I thought, mm -hmm. yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, if you're going to have a conversation with somebody, you know, you, or as my grandmother used to say, if you don't have anything nice to say, just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and I think when it comes to the first one and gossip and other things, sorry, there's a rogue cat roaming around. Um, when it comes to the first agreement uh, about not having judgment for yourself or others. So relying on that you're being truthful with yourself, you're being truthful mm -hmm. with others. And you have to pull a lot of judgment out and away from that to make that happen. Like gossip is hurtful. Telling a funny story, totally different idea. But then knowing how it like that fluctuates between things like, oh, guess what so-and-so did? It was so hilarious. Opposed mm -hmm. to like, oh, that guy, what a dick. Guess what he did? Mm -hmm. There's like, you know, s such a different, there's such a fulcrum on that. And I think in times of COVID, like being kind to yourself and not having judgment and being kind to your word. So if you're, if you're trying to set a schedule, just trying to stay true to that schedule. If you're trying to make something happen, if you're trying to create, you know, whatever semblance of normalcy right now, it's just doing so without judgment. If it works, it works, but you're still putting forward that effort and mm -hmm. still trying to get there. You're still, whether you're perfect or not, you're making the effort. Right. And we're all going to pivot, you know, especially yeah. now we're all pivoting. We're all like stuck in one place and we're pivoting around you know, just trying to figure it out because it's so different than anything any of us has ever been through. I mean, I don't, this has never happened. Yeah. I mean, I'm on a merry-go-round of like whiskey and cheese and Netflix. <laughs> it's pretty fun, but you know, I'm ready to get off at some point. <laughs> whiskey and cheese. <laughs> we, it, you know, and, and there's so much stuff. I mean, I, there's so much stuff on the news. There's so, I opened up my emails in my emails, I'm just being bombarded with, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. This is this scam. And it's like, even in this times, people are like trying to make, I don't know. It's just, if some of the stuff is just coming out to me really, really bad. It's, mm -hmm. it's there. I don't think some people are thinking what is best at the world at large. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. There's like, People can have different opinions. It's part of the book, I know. Um, but there's a whole, a common good thing with just staying in your house. Like, just stay in your house. For the common good of everyone. For people that, it's not just like one person can make a huge difference, but it's going to feel like nothing. I guess you're not going to feel like a hero watching Netflix like I am. But you're doing a duty, you're helping other people. So there's... Exactly. It's by not doing anything, you're doing a lot. And, and there's a, you know, just a common good thing. Mm -hmm. I, I pulled up, um, I got my phone in front of me, and I pulled up Wikipedia, and they said the word impeccable comes from the Latin word peccatus, meaning sin, and the M in, in the beginning of impeccable is the Latin prefix that means without. So impeccable means without sin. Mm-hmm. See, we learned, mm -hmm. we learned a little Latin today, people. Learned a little Latin. <laughs> yeah. And without sin to yourself, you know, right. I mean, and it says that, and it says that in the book, it says, you know, the way we treat ourselves is the way, how we do one thing is how we do everything. And so the way we treat ourselves 
um, you know, if we're judgmental toward ourselves, you know, which a lot of us are, you know, if, you know, we're not doing enough, um, I'm not making a difference. I'm eating too many carbs. I'm drinking too much wine, whatever it is that we're, you know, beating ourselves up, you know, we're going to have that, that judgment thing and we're not being nice to ourselves. We have to do that. And then, you know, cause you're going to be nice to everybody else. But, you know, I mean, there was a post in our neighborhood about a bunch of kids at the school um, on the, the playscape thing, and they took a picture of it. And there were 20 kids on this playscape. And mm. not kids like little kids, but like teenagery, 14, 15, 16, right. 17 year old kids. And the neighborhood was livid. And they were like, we should call the police and we should do this. And it's just like, oh, you know, it's not to call the police or whatever. But, you know, just put the word out there. Hey, these kids are not immune. You know, and their parents, I know they're probably driving their parents insane, but you know, take it, yeah. think about what you're doing, you know? Yeah, to dial back what you said about, ooh, there's a cat, I found one. Um, boo, cat. Yeah, oh, who's that? Uh, formal name is Emmeline, but just goes by kitten. Kitten, okay. <laughs> she's a little sassy, but she's happy to be here and part of the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, about, yeah, we're at a point but ooh, lack of judgment um you're gonna have days when you just want to order a pizza and not do anything you're gonna have days when you feel productive and since we have no like end date truly in sight like who knows and we'll get to any sense of like what is normal or what feels more real than this it's like give yourself a little slack like right. yes i ate a block of cheese for lunch today it's fine <laughs> not gonna die from it I just know that, you know, goes up in the balance scale of like, well, maybe take it easy on that later. And there's just a level of, you know, not being ridiculously harsh on yourself or anybody. Mm -hmm. I think that's the judgment key. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. All the right. Next, next one. What's the, what's the next one? Duh. Take anything personally. <laughs> Never take anything personally ever in my life. <laughs> is that, is that and as your mother I can attest to that right <laughs> <laughs> that's full sarcasm <laughs> oh, I'm just clarifying oh yeah because I have more problems personally with this one and the next one which we're going to get to in a minute but to mm -hmm. me two and three tie in together for me mm -hmm. um, oh yeah oh yeah so you know don't take things personally we you know we, we think something is done because of us or, or to us or, and it has nothing to do with us whatsoever. Right, so very true, so very true. Yeah, I, it's interesting how that, um, well, you know, it's our ego, it's all our ego. We would just think everything is about us. Right. You know, and what we're doing. It's not. So <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, it is, Teresa, it totally is about you. It's um, all about me. But, you know, I mean, and you wonder why, you know, how to, and you think to yourself, I know I thought to myself, how did I get to that, that everything in this world is all about me? You know, I mean, I don't know, ego. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I think from what I pulled from it today was like, and even I mentioned earlier teaching on Zoom, like, and not having an interaction, I'm begging for a laugh in a class. All I want is a laugh and a breath. Because if you're laughing, you're breathing, you know, it goes both ways. It helps them, mm -hmm. it helps me. But I really want the, the, the validation. I totally do. I do. <laughs> I'm perverted like human. 
And part of me, you know, loves that to be fulfilled, especially when I get to see people that I know we're making a difference and we're having a good practice and all that's healthy. But when you don't get to do that on a virtual screen, then just like analyzing for yourself, you're like, why, why am I being so, why am I missing that so much? And like, you, are there other ways to get it that are just as healthy? Or are you doing something that's an unhealthy want for validation? And it's, you know, a lot of that is hard and missing. So I'm figuring that out every Zoom class I teach. And uh, having a strong sense of self. I know I'm funny. Just say that you're funny, Chris. You know that you're funny. Relax. You know you're a good teacher. It's all fine. People seem to be doing okay. Let it go. Because it's not like they don't, they're not coming to hear my jokes all the time. They probably like, my personality and levity to some things, but they're coming in to do their own practice because they have their whole life to live and they have 900,000 things going on in their brain. Right. So just backing up a little bit. It's okay. In my, in my opinion, it's okay. To, I think to be validated, it's okay to be validated a little bit. So it's, okay, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that you or I, I mean, I'm the same way. I like people to laugh at my jokes in class. I'm making jokes to the camera and no one's laughing at me. And it's like, <laughs> But it's okay to have that. We're human. We need to be stroked. We need to be validated. We need we need that that emotional hug, and that's okay to to want that. Yeah. But be not again, not beyond where it's all about Christopher, or Cindy, or Teresa. Yeah. 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 But again, yeah. finding it, yoga. You know, to me, yoga in life is all about the balance. You know, because what does mm -hmm. Buddha say? Buddha says the middle way. Find the middle way. Yep. So just like, you know, Goldilocks and the three bears, not too hot, not too cold, just, just right. right. Just right. Just right. Just right. Yeah. What did I pull out of here? Um, um, you know, I mean, and it, it says in here, whatever, whatever you think or whatever you feel, I know is your problem, not my problem. I was listening to a, 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 a podcast, imagine that. Um, Alicia Keys just wrote a new book. It's called more myself. And she was on with Brene Brown and she was talking about this very thing about how she, at one point early in her career, they were trying to mold her into the certain type of artist that, that the, that the label wanted her to be. And she started, you know, she resisted and then she started to think, okay. And then she realized at one point when she was about halfway through this transition that they were making her into like a pop star and she's not a pop star. She's a soulful R and B kind of a singer and piano player. And she said, I realized at one point I was taking everything that everybody else was telling me about myself as gospel. I was, I was taking every single thing everybody said so personally that I had created such a doubt in my mind that now I figured, well, if I just do one more little tiny thing, it will make, it will make it better. And I think a lot of us try to do that. We, we try to, to make ourselves, you know, we try to accommodate ourselves to what other people think we should be because we're taking everything they say about us as person, you know, we're taking it very personal. You know, you're not tall enough. You're not skinny enough. You're not this enough. You're not loud enough. You're not, you know, quite, you know, all those types of things. And really, it's just what their vision is. It's not what our true, authentic self is. Mm -hmm. Didn't she stop wearing makeup completely? Yep. Yep. So she, there you go. That's excellent. But, yeah, she's just a gorgeous woman. I mean, for yeah. heaven's sake, you know, she's absolutely. And that relates to, to like self reflection and like finding your own identity. 
because mm -hmm. you know coming <clears throat> uh coming from a uh, mainly you know heterosexual world being a homosexual moving into a community where there are more homosexuals around and just like that was been a big part of just my growing up is learning that and mm -hmm. I would assume for heterosexual people it's you question your identity less because there's just so much more homogeny in society like that so a lot of I think from a queer perspective it's been like no what do you like what are what is happening they were feeling like you know I was a shy kid and I, my whole life, like, whole life, I felt like an introvert. And then I figured out I wasn't an introvert. Like someone just laughed in my face when I was like, I'm an introvert. They're like, fuck off. No, you're not. You come talk to anyone and everyone anywhere. Like that's <laughs> not, you were just hearing that because you may have been uncomfortable. You didn't get the chance to find out like that's what feels right for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you were little, I mean, not to go back, but when he was little, he was the quietest little thing and then all of a sudden man he hit 13 found the theater and just like exploded and he found his voice and I remember just standing there crying listening to this kid up on a stage in front of all of these 200 people going oh my god this is the little boy who was like behind my skirt the whole time you know and didn't talk to anybody for like two years in preschool you know and then you found how you needed to communicate and I think that's important about taking things personal about what we're told we should how we are told we should communicate that's because that's other people's thought for us right. and how we how we have to learn how to communicate and how we have to fit into we don't have to fit how we how we fit into the world just as us mm -hmm. we're speaking well speaking our truth just mm -hmm. finding yep. who we finding who we are speaking our truth and yeah you know, yeah. some of us find it later in lives and, you know, some, mm -hmm. unfortunately, some people don't ever find it. So I know you find mine until I was like 45. <laughs> I think when it, so we were talking about teacher trainings earlier. I remember my very first day, my teacher, Lucia, was talking about Samkhya theory and had a, you know, cute little diagram of stick figures. And, you know, it was just like a person on the ground. That's your physical self. You have all the clouds in the way and you can think about your soul as the sun and you're just hoping for the clouds to part every now and then so you get that connection of physical to spiritual that's not going to happen all the time and she was like so this is the first day i want you guys all to remember that <laughs> she's like it's just a theory it's something that's been written down it works for some people if my weird drawing up here works for you and it just if that just makes sense then just go with that. If it seems truthful, just go with that. If it doesn't, feel free to keep questioning, keep learning. But by no way is this dogma, by no way is this the way it should be, by no right. way is anything a hard or fast rule. It's really about being fluid. I guess my theme today is about being fluid. You know, eat a bunch of cheese, but then remember to like go for a walk and you know, not just to sit on the couch. <laughs> and same thing in life, like be, follow what feels right for you, kind of flow and be fluid in all those right ways. But if you, you know, try not to stick hard to any one gesture about yourself or any one group or any one sense of identity because it's always shifting and always flowing. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, when we're younger, you know, and societal, you know, just society on its own, you know, helps to create the people that we are. You know, if you're raised in a specific religious practice, if you're related, you know, relate, you know, like you, you know, growing up in a, you know, pretty um, conservative, area and you know and i saw how you didn't fit in i mean i saw how you struggled and struggled and struggled you know and fortunately you know you lived in a house where you know we weren't really ever trying to make you anything that you weren't i was pretty much a kind of you know hey 
you know, figure it out. You know, I mean, after a certain age, I can't, I mean, I'll be here to, you know, to help to support you, but I can't help you figure out who you are. You know, so I, you know, I, I hope, you know, at least you weren't, you were never, you didn't really take a lot of things personally. Did you, Chris, when you were growing up? Um, I'm just going to say yes. I can't pull up examples because I'm sure they're, I don't know, but I'm yeah. sure I did. Totally yeah. sure I did. Yeah, there's a lot of I do too. there's a lot of guilt situation happening in the the Christian faith sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you whether correct. whether it's just familial or whether it's institutionalized or whether it's both. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. a lot of that yeah. going on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. For me personally, learning not to take things personal personally was like taking a weight off my shoulders because it was like it's you know it's not my problem. I or you know my my other mantras. I, and I'll, I don't give a shit, which I do, but this is not my problem. I'm not taking it personally. It's like, why am I taking on someone else's problem? It's not my problem. Yeah. Right. And it's like, it's a self-imposed kind of jail. And it's like a get out of jail free card once you figure oh. that out. You're like, oh, it's not my issue. Like, it's no. totally not. It's like, whose problem is it? Not, you know, I mean, if, if someone's sick or this or that, yeah, that's, I'm going to interfere. But if something else is going on, it's like, that's, you know, I, I step back now and I go, is that my problem? No, actually, it's not my problem. And me interfering would probably make the problem worse. So I'm just going to let them do what they need to do for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like plug for therapy. Anyone needing therapy? Totally do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Always, always. Self-discovery train. God bless yeah. Danielle. She got paid. <laughs> not enough. <for> what I <laughs> So there right, goes Teresa's next hardest one. Don't make assumptions. Don't make assumptions. Don't make assumptions. All right, I'm gonna go first with this one. So okay. it, with the COVID-19 thing, it's like I understand that we all we are all processing this totally different. Everyone's, I mean, some people are Cindy and I have a friend that she's just withdrawn. She's doesn't want to talk to anybody, doesn't want to, you know, a bunch of us have been doing Zoom chats. She doesn't want, she's just withdrawn. And, but when I, it's like, if I send an email out or I send a text out and I don't get an answer and it's like, or are they pissed at me? Is that something I said? Did I, did I phrase that wrong? But I think for me, I'm a little, right now I'm a little bit oversensitive with the don't make assumption one is because I have to step back and remember, you know, some people have house full of kids. Some people are, are, I mean, I knocked on wood, I'm processing this more or less in a, you know, a balanced way, more or less, most days, but some people aren't, and I have to respect that, and if I can't take it, I, I can't make an assumption that it's about, again, it's two and three to me tie in, to, tie in together, mm-hmm. so don't make assumptions because someone doesn't respond or doesn't answer or doesn't, you know, all the stuff on Facebook, it doesn't mean they're mad at you it just means they're going through some stuff Mm -hmm. going through some shit Mm -hmm. and like i said you know feeling super active or days when you're feeling lethargic and even just being out of routine like not driving here and there and having Mm -hmm. each job in each class i'm like i don't want to do anything i get text all day and i know like most days i'm pretty good but there's one day if i just don't want to respond it's not you I just started a new season of The Amazing Race. So it's going to be about 10 hours before we're actually done. Wait, so, wait a minute. When did they start? Oh, you're watching old ones, reruns, reruns? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought a new one came out and no one told me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, been off, I've been off the wagon for a couple of years. So I just hopped back on okay. and working my way backwards. And, you know, it feels like you're traveling, which is fun. Maybe I'm getting anxiety from it. Who knows? <laughs> Do I treat cooking dinner now like I'm in the race? Yeah. I was definitely running around the kitchen with a knife last night. Whoa. <laughs> But we won the challenge, we got to the pit stop, so it's all good. <laughs> well, it, 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 you know, it, and there's, it, to me, the third one too is about communication. You know, what do they, what is the whole thing? Assume it makes an ass out of you and me. Yep. So mm -hmm. if I, and Cindy, I think Cindy and I have, this has happened to us in our friendship. It's mm -hmm. like, and that's the other thing with, with, with texting or emailing. There's no, there's no inflection, there's no tone, there's no laughter, there's, I can't hear any voice, so I have to interpret that that sentence the way I think it is. And it, the, the sentence was written or text, totally different energy behind what I took it. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's with social media, that's some, I mean, that's a problem. We need to put some type of, you know, that's what the goods, that's where I use emojis a lot. In texting <laughs> because it's you know the emoji will say I'm being sarcastic or funny or sad mm -hmm. so yeah don't don't make assumptions ask questions yeah and a lot of that's about like just reducing conflict too I think like you know between you and other people if you stop making assumptions it's gonna be less dramatic then there's gonna be less bullshit that's not actually there right. it's like I say too especially in and when teaching, it's like we get into Paschimottanasana and seated forward fold and people are just trying to grab them toes. They want to grab their toes so bad. And I'm like, stop making it so dramatic. Just be here. Your body's not going to do it. You can't force it. Allow yourself to be here. Soften the conflict. See how you're feeling. Keep the breath moving. And as long as, again, fluidity, if you're moving between breaths and you're moving between, oh, I'm focusing my awareness on the leg and now my back and now this then you somehow build this one thing that was so stressful into just a whole body, a full mental takeover, which is great. Yeah. I mean, and as a teacher, you know, you never, I mean, you know, and I've taken, you know, I've obviously taken Teresa's classes and I've taken your classes, Chris. And, you know, we don't ever want our students to assume that we want them to do the pose just like it looks on a yoga journal picture. Because mm -hmm. most of the time we can't do the poses like it looks on a yoga journal picture because we're just normal, regular, everyday teachers. Not that they're not normal, regular everyday teachers, they're just, they're better at those poses. And so, you know, we don't want our students to assume that we're judging them for not being able to do the pose how they think that we expect them to do the pose. I know that, mm -hmm. didn't, that didn't come, I don't know if it came out the right way, but yeah. Um, so, you know, again, and I, I've gotten, yeah, I've gotten pretty good with the assumption thing. I, I over the last couple years, I, I ask more questions. I, you know, for the longest time, I just took everything right as it was. And I've learned to, well, I don't understand how, you know, or did, how, did you mean it this way? Or, you know, like I've said to Teresa, well, you know, and she's like, oh no, this is not what I meant, you know? And so again, with the, all the texting and the emailing, you don't get that communication. And I worry that like the younger generation, younger than you, Chris, like, like my nieces that are in their um, late teens or mid to late teens, they're never going to, they're never going to learn how to ask a question in a conversation like this because they don't have conversations like this. You know, they text, they're doing this all the time with people that are sitting on the couch next to them. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, and I've seen my nieces make 
huge assumptions from texts that they've received from their friends, my one niece will just go right over the edge. And I'm like, well, sweetie, why don't you just call her and ask her? Is this what she meant? Well, I can't do that. <laughs> why can't you do that? Well, we don't call people and ask. I go, oh, 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 no, no, no. Assumptions. This is bad. There are bad things happening. Well, that's how, that's how friendships are ruined and relationships are ruined and, and, and ill feelings and misconceptions because, because yeah. we make assumptions and we don't communicate. No, no, we don't. We don't, you know. Uh, also, uh, to, to bring in the pandemic, uh, like you said, everyone's suffering. They're doing it their own way. Uh, some folks are wanting to follow the rules and try and help the greater good. Others aren't. And I think a lot of that is understanding that suffering is all hitting us in weird different ways. Mm -hmm. And like the only way we can actually get through this thing is just to do it all together. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I was listening to y'all's podcast from last week and, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. Um, but you were talking about, um, do we want to, you know, do this for another three months or do this for another one month and do it well? Right. It's like, let's get over the assumption that, it's all just gonna be fine, that people are just overreacting or that people are misbehaving here and just truly like get to the point of that we're all connected in some way and don't make assumptions that, you know, things can be independently all right. Like it's a true time for everyone to come together by sitting out and being separate. Right. Yeah, it, it's, it's, all, it's about a, co a community, a collective community and everybody doing their part um, everybody doing their best, which is a really good segue to the last one. Darn, Always do your best, good. Christopher. Simply <laughs> you do just, your best. Chris, you fed it to me. I'm going to feed it right over. But <laughs> but it's true. I mean, do your best. I mean, and, and even if we don't do it, you know, not, not, not making a judgment against ourselves, like being impeccable with your word. If you do your best to do this and we're never going to do it, we're never going to not gossip. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're never going to not tell a fib or, or omit some information or whatever with our word. But if we always try to do our best in all of those, I think that's really the important thing because that, that means we're growing and we're aware of what those agreements are and, right. and keeping those agreements with ourselves which is where it starts, you know? Well, the last one ties, ties it all together, ties up in a pretty little bow, yep. that if you simply do your best with, you know, impeccable, don't think to take things personally, assumption, we're, you know, we're on a good road, right? Got yeah. a good road. And again, I, I, I'm grateful that we're talking about it at this time, because with so many things just, you know, we're, we're making up the world as we go. And... Oh, <laughs> And the, 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 you know, the rules are being changed hourly, but these four agreements don't change. Whatever else is going on in the world, the four agreements stay solid and sane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing it, doing your best for yourself, for everyone else. And if your best, sometimes we all suck. Like you said, Mom. like sometimes like, it's just not a good day. You're not having a good right. moment. Right. You, but just allow yourself to pull back, clock out for a moment, as you used to say to Jess and I when we were kids and upset, like, just go take a shower, just mm -hmm. stop crying, go take a shower. <laughs> Come I back. did. They took a lot of showers and bubble baths when they were teenagers. Like, well, your, go to, your, go to, go. your water bill. It <laughs> was a lot. But you know, I mean, you have to, you, you have to step away, you know, I mean, and, and I think I'm, at least I hope, at least I hope for me and I, and I maybe for everybody, 
but I know this time of isolation and it is isolating. You know, I live by myself. So it's, it's, I, I mean, I'm isolated except for the, the time that I go to work and I, you know, um, you know, see my boss, I, I'm isolated and I'm hoping, and I've noticed that it's really reinforcing that I really do want to go do the right thing. You know, would I love to go to target right now or, you know, go, out and do some random things and just, you know, go meet somebody in the park for a coffee. Yeah, I would. Is that the right thing to do? No, you know, it's just not. I mean, I went for a walk the other day and we were keeping our distance six feet doing the best thing. Um, but you know, and again, our best, sometimes, like you said, Chris, sometimes it's going to suck. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the best, the best changes every day. Our best changes is changing constantly because Little depending bit. what else is going on, our best is going to be different all the time. Yep. We, yep. my, my husband and I, the one day that we had 70 degree weather here in Michigan, what day was that? Wednesday. Tuesday? Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Wednesday, yeah. We went for a walk by the, the local school and we found two empty pint bottles of vodka laying on the grass. And I said, well, that's how those people are handling <laughs> the isolation. Mm-hmm. I said, that's one way to handle it, but it's, I mean, apparently for that day, that was their best i mean not something i agree with but for that day that was their best you know hopefully it got yeah, better I mean, after that yeah i hope so i hope so yeah 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 i don't yeah i don't want to find any uh pint bottles of vodka anywhere in your front lawns guys all right <laughs> i promise pint. i'll throw them in the trash <laughs> not pint bottles i go to costco <laughs> yeah, the li- liquor stores are still open. Liquor stores are liquor still stores open. are doing just fine. Just they're fine. they're essential. So I'm not, again to each their own. To each yeah. their own. So, but you know maybe this you know and and I hate you know I don't want to you know be that person who says you know well maybe the maybe the universe just wanted us all to take a break you know so we could sit back and reflect a little bit on you know like I was talking to the kids last night we had a little FaceTime going on which was really cool I said you know right now it doesn't matter what kind of shoes you got what kind of clothes you're wearing, what kind of car you're driving or handbag you're holding or how much money's even in your pocket. It doesn't matter. Cause you know what? You're not, we're not out amidst each other. And I really think that it's just, it's kind of, well, at least for me, I noticed that it's, it's leveling things out and, you know, it's making me realize I don't need a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's making me realize I don't need uh, Teresa and I talked about this last time about what we want to take from this. I don't need to waste as much. I don't need to just indiscriminately shop as much. Uh, wasting food. Um, so all those things that, you know, I want to be better. I want to do my best at, you know, maximizing my, you know, my groceries and, you know, maximizing my time and making sure I'm spending it doing things that are important to me. And, and not only important to me, but important to the world. You know, I want to, I want to be better. I want to, you know, I was telling Teresa, um, I remember when I was younger and I was a candy striper and I wanted to, um, I worked in the maternity ward. This was back, you know, a, a lot of years ago, we'll just say, when St. John was just a little hospital and where they let the candy stripers go up into the rooms with the moms and the babies. And we carried, we had a cart with snacks and books and things like that and we used to be able to like pick up the babies you know he was 14 or 15 years old picking up the babies and hand them to the moms or put them back in the bassinet you know you can't do that anymore but um and I always thought I would be one I would love to be one of those people who those babies that are like in the NICUs and that type of thing to just go and hold them or the kids who you know don't have people 
to help them thrive or older people who don't have anybody who um, comes and visits them like in the nursing homes. And, you know, I, I want to do that. I want to, I want to do better because I think that's important. You know, I mean, and I think that would be something that would help me be doing my best mm -hmm. to give mm -hmm. back into the community. You know, you know me, I love a baby. <laughs> you mentioned earlier about uh, that this is feeling equalizing just as a little anecdote. You've never been into a laundromat when you have no in-unit washer dryer in your apartment. Because the laundromat's a full equalizer. It doesn't matter who you are or what you're washing. You're all yep. fucking, you don't want to be there. You just want to <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I recorded this, again, right before we did this, I recorded a um, restorative class for YouTube. And I read while I had everybody, the people I pretended that were there, while I had them in the poses, I read them the book, The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein. Mm -hmm. And it's a message about, um, and can show love. It's a message about giving, but the, the, to me, the bottom line message was we don't really need all the stuff that we have. That's not where, that's not where our happiness comes from is mm -hmm. the stuff that we own or the 10 carat diamond ring or the cars or, you know, the, the mansions. That's not where our happiness comes from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's being a part of a community. Um, like I said that, you know, last night we had a little FaceTime between the kids and um, Chris's one good friend, Amy, who I just adore, you know, another daughter. And I will tell you that 45 minutes we were on the phone or hour we were on the phone and we were just chatting away, just chat, chat, chat. That did more good for my mental well-being sure. than, you know, than going out and shopping and spending money at Target or, or Nordstrom's or whatever. Um, it just that talking and, you know, and more so for me, it's listening to them talk to each other and, and the way they go back and forth, the three of them, because they've spent a lot of time together. And it's just a hoot, you know, listening to people be happy and connect with each other. And I, we get that a lot at Santosha, whereas people will sit in the lobby before class and after class and just talk, 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 talk. I mean, I know poor Teresa's <laughs> like, um, hello, you have to go. Sorry, or I have to come out over and go, shh, <laughs> yeah, another class going on. Yeah, you know, I, think I mean. Too, what's been helpful in that same aspect is um, I listen to a lot of podcasts that are comedians or they're just like chatty podcasts, like no theme, I'm trying to say the word buttholes as many times as you can <laughs> just to laugh. And just even listening to people who are comedians or friends and just hearing that banter and even if you're isolated and like you don't, you know, I'm not seeing folks at the bar. I don't have, you know, I'm not telling my usual stories that are, would be awful at this moment to tell. Um, but just having like an conversation like in your head so you don't feel as alone and having some level of that engagement, I think, is just a nice way to, and I'm like, oh, well, you don't have to go do this. Like just to, you know, try and roll out some bread and put on a podcast is like mm -hmm. the most chilling thing right now. So let's keep doing that as long as we can. So, mm -hmm. But if I get done with podcasts, Lord help me, there's going to be an issue. <laughs> there's, there's tons of them out there. Tons of them. Oh my gosh. You know, if, if, if we, you know, if you don't want to order the book, again, the, the book is a short read, The Four Agreements. Mm -hmm. It's a short yep. read. Yep. Go online and there's all bunch of different, you know, sites of what it's all about and little, you know, little snippets of it. It's just, mm -hmm. I mean, if everything, I've, I've memorized The Four Agreements. And it's, it, they're always in my head. They're always mm -hmm. in my head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like the yamas and niyamas, you know, they just, you know, it's one of those things that when you start 
you know, thinking about them, you know, I mean, and, and taking the time to go, how can I integrate, you know, even just one, just pick one, say, well, I'm just, just for the next couple of days, I'm just going to, you know, try not to make assumptions. And then just kind of, they start to like ingrain themselves into your thought process. And you think, well, you know, I'm not going to say that because that's not necessary. You know, I need to be, I need to be more thoughtful. I need to, you know, not talk about other people again. Like you said, you know, could you say that in front of them? You know, that's those types of things. But yeah, it's yeah. a great book. It's a great read. Whether whether you're a reading fan, we all got a little bit more time. So mm -hmm. whether you want to do a deep dive, you don't have to read Frankenstein while we have all this time off because no one else wants to read Frankenstein. We all did that how many years ago? <laughs> College. But, you know, read a blog post. <laughs> you don't have to read another novel because uh, fiction too much. Um, <laughs> Been, actually, I've been I've, I've dusted off my sewing machine, and I've been mm -hmm. making face masks and scrub caps, and I've been listening to audiobooks. So yes. that's been kind of fun. Yeah, you could get it on the, you can get it on Audible too. They have uh, on Audible they have the four agreements. And then oh, there they, you go. There you yeah. go. Plug, and go then take they, a walk. Plug it into your phone. Yep. There you go. Yep. Or if you're cleaning around the house, if you're puttering around the house, put your earbuds in. I do that quite a bit. There you go. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good, you know, it's not heavy. Like we said, it's not heavy. It's not going to make you feel bad about yourself, actually. You know, just the opposite. It just gives you like a good perspective on how to put these agreements into, into action into your life. And a little bit of the why we do these things, you know. Um, you know, we're just, we're a product of society. We're a product of, of generations and ancestors before us it's just you know gotten to this point and if we again like flatten the curve a little bit not to take you know there's some some phrases that I hope I never have to say again like you know flatten the curve or stay home or you know isolation <laughs> isolation you know um I know I swear to god when this is all done, I'm gonna hug everybody they're gonna get so weirded out um but, you know, if we can just help people be more mindful, which is, I think, as yoga teachers, really what we want people to do in their physical practice. And I know we bring it a lot into our uh, practices through the meditations we do or the stories we tell. Christopher does it as well. Um, just to be more aware. Be more yeah. aware. Well, this was fun. This was this fun. Is Christopher, if you ever want to move back to Michigan, you got it. <laughs> I'll, I'll fire your mom and you got, <laughs> you got a job at Santosha. Oh, okay. Are we oh, good? Put me out in pasture. Yeah. We're I'm good. Um, there we go. All, All right. right. I love you. Love you guys. Ciao, Bella. Love you. Ciao. Bye-bye.